0: everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Dad podcast. I'm your host, Brian Krupp, and I just want to start by saying that if you found value in this podcast, I want to invite you to leave a rating and a comment and then to consider sharing this podcast with anyone who you think might benefit from it. My goal is to reach as many guys as possible with this advice to create stronger men who create stronger families to contribute to a stronger world. Now, in a few moments, you're going to hear part two of a conversation I had with a friend of mine, Drew Snary. If you didn't hear part one, go back, listen to that part, and then continue the conversation. It might make a little more sense. Now, when I launched my podcast, I started talking with Drew because he had a pretty interesting story in how he manages life as a single dad. And like I did in my previous episode, I just want to quickly reference back to some three principles that I thought Drew did a great job of demonstrating that I want you to pay attention to. First, Drew talks about his focus on a habit that I like to call sharpening the saw. You'll notice that he takes time to exercise, to meditate, to pray, and he has to make sure he's taking care of himself while also taking care of his kids and making sure he's able to do his job properly. At one point, he even alludes to the fact that if he didn't take care of himself physically, he may not have been alive right now for this, uh, for this conversation. Second, in all the busyness that Drew has, he takes time to prioritize. If you spent a day shadowing Drew, I don't think you'd notice him goofing off. He takes his time very seriously. One, out of necessity, but two, because he knows time is a diminishing resource. At one point in the interview, he call, we call out the idea that he has to periodically reset and make sure things are in alignment throughout the day and the week. Third, Drew makes some references to his faith. Drew has a higher calling in his life, and this shows in his immense commitment to take care of his kids and be present in their lives. He draws on that faith to create a moral compass for himself and to set an example for his kids. His faith is also where he draws his strength because he knows he can't do it all by himself. He references a time when he had his two kids and how his small group at church was helping him out, alluding to the importance of having a tribe in your corner. So anyway. There are lots more tidbits that Drew calls out in both part one and two. I know you're going to enjoy this next part of the conversation. And by the way, you're going to hear me endorse in his business. And just so you know, this is not a sponsored deal. But he is taking the time to support me and you in his lessons learned as a dad. And I want to support him in his business as well. So take a moment to check out his online store and I'll put a link in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Yeah, and that's it. I think that's... Example too of little things, of knowing the big things from the little things. And so something like that, where it's a little thing, it's like, yeah, like this does have to go back eventually, but it's one of those things that are not important, not urgent. And that's going to take a back seat to, you know, get into work on time, or it's going to take a back seat to spend an extra 15 minutes with your daughter doing homework or tr- whatever it might be. You're spending that time in more valuable places. And I think that's a really good, um, Probably something, probably a good area where I'm guessing that maybe in your life, you've had to learn that habit. Like you said, kind of back in the day, you were the single dad who did everything. You had to do everything. Um, But over the years, maybe that workload has been balancing more. So I'm, I'm just curious, what have you been learning lately about maybe first how you parent, but also what have you been learning most about your kids and really what they need from you?
1: Well, that's that's also a great question. So a couple of different books I've read recently, um,
0: you know, because
1: that have applied because like you can you can go it on your own all day long and more than likely you're going to be fine. But if you are using taking in resources and using resources, those are just tools for your toolbox, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to fix the thing that you want to fix or that you want to help out. But it's a tool that you can use. So, a couple of books that I've read recently that have helped me to understand and relate to my children better are um, there. Is there is two books called "The Five Lo- Love Languages of Children," uh, the five love five love languages for teenagers. Another another book that I thought was excellent was uh, uh, authored by the name of Meg Meeker. Uh, it's um, it's "Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters." Hmm. Um, And, you know, what type of father you need to be uh, both, uh, you know, from a traditional standpoint uh, and a Christian standpoint. um, So your daughter grows up to be the best version of herself. And then Meg Meeker has another book called Hero Dad. Uh, Mm -hmm. I actually lent that to another guy from F3. He's reading it right now. Excellent book. That applies to both children. Um, and it's universal, excellent, excellent books. Um, one thing that those so those books have helped me to relate to the seasons that my children are in right now as teens and preteens. and um, it has exponentially opened up the door for communication for them that may not have been there before. Uh, and I can say wasn't always there before. Uh, But speaking with them, uh, was, and speaking with them now, it's just a different level because I understand how to talk to them better and so that they will open up to me. Uh, so instead of, you know, how to phrase questions differently, things like that. And also, um, you know, uh, there's no shame in, in stating, uh, that, um, a therapist can help too, uh, and um, when I went through the divorce initially, um, I elicited the help of a therapist uh, to help me deal with the struggles of divorce. Yeah. Uh, but from there, it, it morphed into me wanting to become the best version of myself as a father, a dad and a potential partner to somebody someday Mm -hmm. Um, because I know I'm not a perfect dad. So I would run by scenarios with therapists all the time and just get input. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean that that's the end all be all because the therapist said it, Uh, but it definitely adds to the toolbox of how to uh, better and in a more kind fashion handle the situation.
0: Yeah. Well, you made, you made a, a few good points. I just want to make sure we capture it. And I think, The first thing I want to point out is your ability to be humble enough to know that you don't know everything. And so with that, it's like like going out and learning, going out and reading a book, um, trying to wrap your mind around the mindset of your kids and how they are viewing the world and how they can best communicate with you and connect with you. And now that is not the same way that you would connect with them or how you would expect them to talk to you. And it's just a whole world of difference. And, and we kind of forget, right? Like what life was like when we were eight, 10, 12, like we just kind of forget what that was like. And so, you know, now we're adults and, you know, in our uh, whatever thirties, forties, fifties, it's like, okay, we kind of have to kind of go back in time and figure out what they actually need um, and kind of relate to that. And secondly, I think your ability to go out and get help from a therapist is also a really good example of what I like to call is building this tribe, right? Building this support network of people that are going to help you along the way, Mm -hmm. especially when you have really complex situations going on where it's like, yeah, to have the answer 100% of the time is just not realistic. So it's that ability to have someone um that you can go to and just um vent or go out and to reflect with or to uh, kind of process things with like it's very helpful to do that and so I appreciate you you sharing that because I think that's also something that is can be uh, have a stigma around it like oh like mental health isn't you can't talk about it or you can't do it and it's like no not at all like this is a pr- a perfectly normal thing that i i mean in my opinion um I almost went into to grad school to be a counselor and I feel like it's something that almost everyone can benefit from because it's a nice way to process what you're thinking with somebody who's very objective and very someone who's going to say things how they are and point things out to you that you're not maybe willing to see yet or just can't see yet. So anyway, I just want to reflect on those two points because I think that those are really good points for a lot of men and for a lot of fathers to hear.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, um, as we kind of wrap up, I kind of want to just leave this time for you to say if there are any single dads who are listening, or if there are people listening who know someone who is a single dad, what words of advice or recommendations would you give them?
1: Um, Yeah. So in regards to single dads, um, what advice I would give them is that for me, Uh, a mantra that I created for myself when it was just the kids was um, being a dad is the most important job I've ever had. All right. So um, anything else I've done in my career pales in comparison to what I'm doing with those two children and uh, the hopefully end results that turn them into uh, uh, productive and outstanding and good young people, uh, young adults. because. I saw, um, no, I didn't see it. I heard from another guy, no, and I did look it up then, uh, was um, 94% of the time that you spend with your kids happens before the age of 18. So almost all the time you have in life with your children is when they are children.
0: Yeah.
1: So the importance of spending time with them and being a part of their life and being a positive, m- Male role model and influence in their life is beyond comparison to anything you ever done. Um, for me, uh, I could, um, I can get an award or, or a commendation or something like that from work for for knocking down some big investigation, put uh, locking up a bunch of people or helping somebody that's in need uh, that is above and beyond what I might typically do, uh, and and. 30 seconds after the clapping stops at some awards ceremony, it's over. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. But And all that stuff is basically in a box. A couple of them are up on the wall uh, in the office. But I will never forget, and my daughter will never forget, her first year in softball when, when it was coach pitch. And I pitched to her every single game except for one game. And she went from not being able to hit the ball to being able to hit the ball almost every time at that. hmm uh, and yeah. that's a memory that you just you can't replace. It's mm-hmm. it, a piece of paper and a frame on a wall can't compare to that. Um, mm-hmm. because uh, you know, in the end, and I feel like I'm just like laying out quotes or something that I've come up with my head. but in the but seriously, in the end, all the overtime and the weekends that you work as a dad, when your career is over, the only person that's ever going to remember that that time that you worked weekends and overtime are your kids. Hmm. Um, your coworkers that you just left the job, you'll be replaced. They're not going to remember that you worked three Saturdays in a row to complete an assignment, to make a sale, to complete a criminal investigation, any of that stuff. But your kids, when they're 30 years old, are going to remember and possibly resent that dad was not there most of the time and missed all my events from the age of nine to 15 mm-hmm. or missed a significant amount was not around when I needed him for situation a, B and C, cause he was working though. They're, they're the only ones that are going to remember that. Um, and then in regards to anybody else that's listening that may know a single dad, um, understand that, um, as a single dad, uh, when divorce comes apart about, about whether you're the cause of it or not, uh, everybody contributes to the demise of the relationship. You may not have burned it to the ground, but you definitely lend some matches along the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. You might have thrown some gas on the fire at some point too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key is, is that men substantially, it, it's known that it takes longer for a man to recover from a divorce than it does the one. Uh, and the reason because of that is because friendships and relationships that you have as a man dissolve. They things that you, people that you thought you could rely on, you can no longer rely on They will not answer their phone. They will not return mm. text messages. People that you thought were your friends will disappear. Uh, and it may be because they don't want to get involved. It may be because the, uh, your ex spouse has, uh, Given some uh, bad information to them that makes them not want to be in your life, uh, but it causes a feeling of isolation. Um, mm. I can say, for instance, when I moved to the Chicago area, within a uh, a year, uh, within a year of moving here, I was a single dad, mm. and I have no family here. I only had a couple of friends, and they were all from a small group at the church that I had just started attending. So they really weren't fully my friends yet, right? Like I just, I'd only known them for a couple of months, tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a feeling of isolation. So if you know a single dad that is out there, uh, that is doing it on their own, and even if they're making it look good and making it look easy and it like they have stuff together, I promise you they don't, mm. okay? I promise you that at night they're struggling. Mm. And when they're going to bed, they're having a hard time and they may not be crying themselves to sleep. They may be, but they're having a tough time. And what's getting them up in the morning is they know that if they don't do it, nobody else will. Mm-hmm. So I I can't remember how many times I've heard when I was when it was just myself and the kids, I don't know how you're doing it. And my response was, well, if I don't do it, who's going to? Mm-hmm. who's going to do it if I don't do it if I don't get up in the morning and make them their lunches for school and get them breakfast and make sure they're dressed and so on and so forth all the other tasks it's not going to happen they're going to yeah. sleep till right. 10 Right. so if you know a single dad out there that is out there doing it on his own um, you don't need to be forceful but offer to lend a hand and a lot mm-hmm. of times the single dads they'll turn it down because we're too proud and because we don't want to inconvenience other people Right. But it doesn't hurt to bring them, bring them, uh, you know, dinner some night, or order them food, or say like, "Hey, let me take the kids uh, overnight, you know, to be with my kids, so you can have a night off."
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just super practical stuff, right? It's just being a good person. It's just being a good friend. It's it's also just like being real about the situation. It's like, yeah, like if that were me, like, what would I appreciate? And like you said, it's like, yeah, some people. This is, I think, this goes in general. I think that. You know, if you offer something once, it's like, yeah, of course, someone might turn it down just because they don't want to inconvenience you. But really, that's where I think a lot of value can come from in terms of showing, you know, in the the Christian sense, the love of Christ. But I think in sense of caring for someone who just really need, like could just use that idea, that tribe of someone being around them, know that, yeah, I'm not in this alone like that makes, I'm sure that makes a hundred percent difference. And I know in my life, like that's also made a hundred percent difference of knowing, you know, if someone reaches out and just says, Hey, how you doing? Like, that's a huge lift emotionally and spirit, you know, just in your spirit of like, okay, like someone else is out there who's thinking about me, thinking about our kids and that, that feels good. Right. And that, that kind of gives you an extra boost for the next day. Absolutely. Yeah, well, Absolutely. Drew, Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I, I wish we could you know, kind of keep going here. And I think I'd love to have you on for another follow-up episode at some point in the future. For all of you who are listening, uh, if you haven't already, check out the show notes. Check out um, Drew's Outdoor Gear uh, website and um, support him in that way. I think you're going to be really impressed with the products there. Um, if you have any questions, please reach out to me. But thank you, Drew, so much for being on the show and hope to see you next time. And for all of you who are listening, thank you so much for for listening. Do you have any uh, parting, parting words?
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on uh, You know, and providing this platform to other dads um, and information dads that listen to the podcast. Uh, very informative. Uh, I, I mirror a lot of the thoughts that you relate in your podcasts. Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, I would love to be on again if you, need, if you have follow-up questions or you want to venture down the road of other things. And uh, it was an absolute joy being on you.